0: Hi there, welcome to the Way Beyond Words podcast hosted by me, Peter J. Ryan, and Abel Z. Each week you will be dropping in a conversation of ours about the techniques, psychology, and philosophy of experiential focusing and our favorite philosopher, Eugene Genlin. Thanks for joining us.
1: Okay, so last week we talked about being responsive through boundaries and looking at boundaries as not something that's rigid, but something that you can see as a whole in your relationships. Something that you have to experiment with. Something that's kind of always changing.
0: And they're a little arbitrary too. Like, yeah. like you look at borders,
1: <laughs> right? State like, borders, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Like, what's with that little part of Oklahoma? You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Or, um, why does it follow a river only until then?
1: Or Rhode Island.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happens, you know, when an island, when sea levels rise, right? Like, the mm-hmm. island gets smaller or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boundaries are really. Yeah. That's a good way. They're really arbitrary. My father, at the end of his life, did a lot of uh, property law. And in Connecticut, properties can be very, very old, like from the 1600s. Mm-hmm. And so the documents for like where that line is can also be really, really old. And people could get into these property disputes about, say, something really trivial, but bitter, like the mailbox being over the yeah. property line. Or and like then a tree. my father really enjoyed going into the research into the old documents of like the the deed from you know 1650 that was not really vacated and so on and so forth whatever the terms are they use in law but he really enjoyed that research into the um and i, I would just think about how like these all these lines that we live in our lives there's all these rules and lines time is pretty arbitrary yeah. like
1: Time's a big one.
0: It's, you know, 2.36 right now, but why is it 2.36? I mean, all these things (laughs) are conventions, and they're really quite arbitrary, and they're really only sustained because we all agree to them.
1: They're a way to communicate and reach a middle point.
0: And they're all little boundaries in a way. Yeah. And so I think noticing that boundaries are fairly arbitrary but useful is really important. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think understanding the, really, rec- really registering that a lot of this sort of thing of like setting limits and setting boundaries and being supportive and having a limit to how supportive we're going to be, they're not grounded in any transcendental truth. They're really arbitrary. And it's human effort that sustains them. And it's like little contracts and little agreements throughout
1: Yeah, those little agreements. I'm gonna be here at this time. It has to be mutual. It does. It does. So you can feel, you know, cared for and heard and listened to.
0: One of the things that I I realized early on in my life, though I didn't have great words for it, till later, was that it's just I never felt comfortable doing things to people or making people do things.
1: Yeah, I don't feel comfortable.
0: <laughs> and anybody. No. And um, like imposing on someone. I mean, I would do it accidentally or I would do it without thinking or I'd do it in some reactive way, of course. But there was something about the arbitrariness of authority that troubled me and interested me when I was young. And I sort of avoided it in a lot of ways. What I eventually learned was that when you're going to help somebody, you help them with their consent. Yeah. Not just to feel good about yourself and not just to prove some point about the universe or the moral order, but you ask their consent. Right. And then you keep your end up.
1: That's making me think about working with kids. You know, I did play therapy with kids for a while and it was meant to be open-ended like that so the kid was making the choice and I was working around whatever the kid was doing whatever the kid was playing so that they could gain whatever skills they needed to gain and it was uh holding the space for the kids to make their own decisions and experience it for themselves without the you we're gonna play the game with these rules we're gonna you know that holding that seeing the child and trusting the child will grow and learn from their mistakes or their play and that experimenting.
0: Yeah, so part of being responsive, like we talked about, is to really respond to the changing situation. Mm-hmm. Part of boundaries is not to have a goal, mm-hmm. but to have a new experience. Mm-hmm. Right? like mm-hmm. By setting a boundary in a situation, you're kind of adding a new element into a situation and then seeing how it changes. Yeah. That's new data. It's yeah. new information about myself and about the situation, but I'm not looking for a particular outcome. Right. And I think when we, in these subtle circumstances, when we are demanding a particular outcome, that's really oppressive. Yes. And and the person, uh, the other people involved will resist and will undermine it. I
1: think this happens to kids so, so much where they don't have you Know that room to just be a kid, and they're you know, a lot of family members or teachers are like, You need to be this way one day, you really need to be doing this and follow it this way, you know, and just feels really
0: yeah. So, holding that whole space for a kid or for anybody,
1: and just understanding that they're at where they're at,
0: yeah, not demanding an outcome so that takes away the blame, being really responsive because the situation is going to keep changing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trusting ourselves that as the situation changes, we can be responsive and like do something that meets it, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially
1: if you let those expectations go.
0: And then holding the whole thing. Yeah. You know, one of my one of these kind of like little go-to teaching phrases with families, with parents that I use is um, like, if your kid is determined to run as fast as she can into a brick wall. Just make sure she only gets a like a three or four foot running start to run into the brick wall. Don't buy her a motorcycle.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? Like if she's determined, you can you know that's what families and parents and adults do to people who are dependent on us. We we create, we hold a whole situation, but we might constrain it a bit the kid or the person has freedom within it Mm -hmm. but not outside of it that's a completely healthy way to to parent or to be a an employer or a supervisor or a teacher or a spiritual leader or whatever the hell it is you know like any of these things You hold the whole situation, and I think as important. uh, What's really important, and we've talked about this before, but like the uh, not being focused on an outcome, especially an outcome that everyone hasn't consented to, but but also uh, not wanting credit,
1: not wanting credit for holding the space, not needing the oh I do all I do so much for you, or
0: well then I don't want it.
1: Yeah. Isn't that
0: so common, the response? Yeah. A person would rather not have any of it than feel like they're being controlled or manipulated or intruded upon or imposed upon. Well, you're just being spiteful. You're just cutting off your nose to spite your face. and like, no, I don't want you in my head.
1: Well, if you don't think I love you, then we should just break up. Well, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that holding the whole thing Without expecting any credit whatsoever.
1: Just being open to it.
0: Yeah, being open to it. I mean, there really are some good teachings in some of the Gospels. Fairly convinced at this point that uh, this person, Jesus or Yeshua, did not really exist, that they're kind of a combined character from a lot of different elements. Yeah. But there are some things that ring true as genuine teachings, and one of them is, you know, There's a point where Jesus looks over and there's like all these people making a big to-do about giving money to the temple. And Jesus says something like, see those people over there? Trust me, they've gotten their reward already. Mm -hmm. All that attention they're getting for what they're doing Mm -hmm. is their reward. Your reward will come from the Father of the skies. And I think that in a way can be interpreted as saying your own experience is the reward.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rather than wanting other people to validate it for you, right? Or making a big show of charity or generosity or kindness Mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, you did. Because then you're doing it as a means to an end, anyways. Right. Yeah. So the wanting credit—it's not for you, right? It isn't. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Though it is because it's for all of us, Mm -hmm. because we're all interdependent. But I think that's really important—that holding that space. But to do that in a relationship is hard when it's breaking down.
1: It feels really powerful to be able to do that for yourself and also not have, not feel abandoned when someone's not doing it for you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of the obverse of credit, is that feeling abandoned because someone doesn't come up, doesn't you know, yeah. doesn't uh, meet your expectations. I knew you were gonna mess this up.
1: <laughs> oh, you're never there for me. You, you never, listen. <laughs> never <laughs> listen. Yeah.
0: That's a sure sign that things are not gonna go well in the next few minutes is when the always and never thing starts yeah. to happen. That's, 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 that's a clear sign that the situation is hardening
1: just holding that space making the room to see the whole situation where it's at
0: yeah making room for others when i came upon that i don't know how it came about but it was when i was i was really trying to take my my role seriously in in zen buddhism and i don't know whether it was through writing or in a meditation it just occurred to me like just make room for others and so when I don't know what to do, I just get out of the way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. you know, as much as I can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that lets me notice what I'm attached to, what my expectations are,
1: yeah.
0: and, you know, whether I should let go of them or not. And I, have a, I usually have a pretty good sense of whether they're something to let go of. Well, that is that from the Experience Studio at Townsend Confidence in Doylestown, PA. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Abel. And thank you, Mike Whartonby, for producing this. Join us next week. And in the meantime, have fun.